0: Welcome to another of what we hope will be an informative and entertaining episode of The Nick and Nolan Show, a podcast formerly titled, As a Matter of Fact. Well, good evening, Nick. Glad to have you here.
1: Good evening, Nolan. How are you doing today?
0: Doing fantastic. Uh, I feel like we're going to have to open up every episode with talking about food for some reason because we talked about Chick-fil-A last time. We talked about Chick-fil-A before. And when Chick-fil-A becomes a sponsor, we will not stop talking about Chick-fil-A. But we just had it again tonight for dinner, and that was a great start to what's going to be a promising evening. But what's one thing uh, that you're, you're pretty excited about for the weekend or something fun you did this week? Uh, other
1: than being sick, which wasn't too bad, I was home for first two days of the week and had a lot to catch up on when I got back to work on Wednesday. But now it's Thursday, and
0: tomorrow's Friday, and there we go. Ready for the weekend. Yeah, I'm glad you were inside, though. These last couple days, um, for those of you listening, we've been hit pretty hard with one of the roughest storms we've probably ever faced. It's something called rain here in California, and we don't see much of it. So when we get it, we panic.
1: Yeah. we If we don't have an umbrella, we can't go anywhere. Like We freak out. We get stuck in our cars. We think that we're going to melt, and we don't know what to do. So for those who don't sympathize with us, feel free to come slap us. <laughs> Because we're stupid Californians.
0: But bring us umbrellas when you do, because we might need We're scared. We're scared. scared. (laughs) Please stop raining. Help. (laughs) Help. Um, Well, on that note, um, I'm pretty excited for this topic. It's something I've been thinking about a lot this week, as I'm about to have my performance review at work, and I'm just trying to think about where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. And I've also been thinking about this because we really live in a society and culture that is narrative, has charted out this path and this narrative for us of where we should be. What kind of like the American dream is. And I'm pretty idealistic when it comes to planning my life out and figuring out where I want to be. And I think a lot of people at a young age, when you're asked as a kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you kind of have some type of answer for that. And we all try to plan out like where we want to go, whether it's after high school, most people say. College, that's the response. And Mm -hmm. after college, it's mostly like, I want to get a really good job. And after that, it's hopefully I can buy a house or buy this Tesla, whatever it happens to be. And so I think there's this idealized version that society's projected on us of what success should look like in our American lives. And many of us have bought into this idea of where we should be. But in reality, many of us probably aren't there. We haven't obtained what society and culture has projected on us and so we get discouraged in a sense
1: yeah i think that i think that the idea of success like you were talking about there's a reason why there's only you know there's a reason why they call it the 1% of the wealthy at least in america uh so there's only a very small percentage of people who actually achieve that quote unquote american dream and that you know raises the question of, well, is that an an obtainable and even realistic goal to be going after? Is that something that we want to define success as? And yeah, we can get we'll get into that what what that looks like and you know whether or not this uh, definition of success that's been kind of ingrained into our culture is actually something that is desirable, but also achievable.
0: Yeah. And it's this, this idea of this plan that's been laid out for us. And I think we have this conundrum because what happens when it falls through or we're on this path and it doesn't look like we're able to achieve what has supposedly been set before us? You know, we're going to college We're we're trying to work hard. We're trying to get those jobs that are you know, that we're looking for that are going to get us to the goals that, whether it's our parents or, you know, our teachers or, you know, pastors or whatever has projected on us as getting to, and we're not, we're not there. And so there's this plan and this path that we're on, and we're looking at how society has basically broken this down for what we think we can achieve. And we're going to college, and we're doing all the right things. We're applying to all the jobs that we think are going to get us there to obtain, whether it's our parents or our our relatives or our pastors, or you know, we're looking where our grandparents have been, and we're just not being able to climb that mountain. And so, the question that I have is: where do we really go when this idea of this perfect plan or this American dream? What happens when it starts falling through?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think. Well, since we're in America, we're talking about kind of this idea of the American dream. And that's something that's not just known to us in America. And I think we probably overlook it a lot because especially if we've grown up with any level of privilege, we kind of see it just as that's what it means to be an American. But if we think about people immigrating from other countries, they really do have this Uh, ideological view on the American dream where they think, yeah, I want to come to America where I can make something for myself, where I can be successful in my job, in my finances and be, you know, be my own boss or whatever it is. They see the American dream as just, I mean, really ultimately freedom. And that can mean a lot of things for a lot of people based on where they're coming from. But speaking specifically about immigration, they, I think, have a a higher respect for what the American dream was or what it was like born from than we do as citizens. And so I think we view the American dream different than the rest of the world views the American dream. But then there's also a level of uh, Americanization that the world and us Gets saturated into from the media. So, Hollywood, television, movies, anything that's consumable, that's pop culture, it kind of tells us, especially reality TV. So, these kind of shows where they uh, portray people's lives, uh, you know, the lives of celebrities or people who have made it successful, quote unquote, successful.
0: I think it's incredible to see people who come from other countries and are able to uh, achieve a better life for themselves. And I think just looking at our culture in a sense, you see a lot of people who are discouraged. You see a lot of people who are worried about where they're going to go in life, who want to, uh, want to be married and don't know if they're going to be able to afford to have kids. They want to be able to buy that car and they want, they want to just do more than just getting by in a sense. They want to be able to work a job where they can pay off those student loans. And so I'm not at all uh, bashing the American dream or, or anything like that, because I think we do live in a land that has a lot of opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I think we do have to talk about success and reorient and redefine uh, what success really is, because as you were talking about before with reality TV, we get this false idea of what can really be obtained. And I think um, the biggest thing is not getting too frustrated with where we are at ourselves because of the society we live in, or because of our generation. And I don't want us as millennials, to look down on ourselves and say, oh, we're lazy, we're not going anywhere, we're just dragging our feet, we're this terrible generation. I don't think we need to be doing that at all. I think we just need to reorient ourselves and what success is, and that's what we're going to do right now.
1: Well, I think it actually goes back to something that we talked about in our first episode, where we were talking about the this desire to be successful, but without the work behind it. And so we, we kind of, we touched on that a little bit in the you know millennial episode where we we're talking about how we, we want this level of success, but are we really willing to work for it like people in past generations or people in current generation who have actually become successful? They, what they, the work they put into it, that, that's something that goes hand in hand with making it quote unquote to this level of success. And I think, you know, something else we can go into is the relativism of success. And so success throughout history has meant different things. In a sense, it's always been on some level of money and power and, um, you know, status, but that's looks different. That, that idea of success has changed even in the last 70 years. And a lot of it, you know, there's the root of, you know, desires to be debt free, or they have a desire to not owe anybody anything or not work for anybody, be their own boss, or they have a desire to serve others. That's that's their definition of success is how many people they've helped. And so there's these different levels, but a lot of that has changed, especially in America and the world, for that matter, after you know, the beginning of the 20th century when we had wars that plagued the, the world. So we had world War, world War I and World War II really redefined society and culture and what it meant to be successful both for men and women. So I think there's a lot of areas to touch when, uh, when it comes to this idea of success.
0: Yeah, and I think we're looking at it from the view of like a 30,000 foot level, and it's important to bring it down to maybe a more practical level. And I think just something that I've learned is not letting all these people define success for you. I mean, we all in some sense, as we talked about in our last podcast, want to please people. We all in some form or fashion want our parents to be proud of us, want our grandparents to be proud of us, want our friends to look up to us. Um, We all have these desires. But I think you can get in trouble when you start comparing about where you should be and saying, hey, I really want to be there. And I'm really disappointed that I'm not here. Whether it's, you know, buying a house or buying a car, uh, moving out of your parents' house. Uh, When you start comparing yourself, I think you can get into danger there because it's the I wish I had or I wish I was this instead of looking at where you're at now and reorienting your view and thinking, where do I want to go from here? Which is something I'm probably gonna repeat over and over again in this podcast. So the question I think we need to be asking ourselves is, how do we define success for ourselves? Um, I was just thinking about that, as I mentioned before, with this performance review I have coming up. And I was getting a little discouraged and, and uh, upset because I was thinking about this last year that I've been working for this company and what have I really accomplished? You know, What have I really achieved? Um, That by being at this company? And am I moving forward? Or am I just stagnant and staying put in the same position? Am I able to grow while I'm here? Is it helping me further my ultimate goals? And so every year at the end of every year, I usually make a list of goals, um, whether it's, you know, career wise, or just things I want to accomplish and things I want to do. And I looked back on my list. And it was actually really encouraging to see that out of the 10 goals that I had set for myself, Six of them I've already accomplished. And so that was really encouraging because we're only two months into the year here. And I've already accomplished six of the 10 main goals that I set out for myself. And one of them was to make a podcast. So I think when you're defining success for yourself, you're being able to put aside what people are projecting on you of where you should be. And I get this a lot too with my age. I think of myself as like, oh, by this age, I want to be married. By this age, I want to be able to do this. By this age, maybe I'll be out of law school. Whatever it happens to be, when we let people tell us where we need to be because of our age or because of what we're doing, and then we set that bar, I think it's more important to be able to redefine it and look at yourself and say, it doesn't matter. My age, in the sense, in comparison to this, it's, am I moving forward? Am I accomplishing the goals that I set out to accomplish? Where am I on that stand? So what do you think in, in terms of defining success for yourself?
1: Well, I think we have to remind ourselves uh, or at least point out that success does come with influences. So we we each, I think, have a definition of success for ourselves and what that looks like for us. But I think a lot of that comes from our influences around us. And so that could be uh, our parents. And I think uh, our parents put a lot of I want to say pressure, but sometimes it could be pressure. But they they provide a lot of influence into what we see as success. And I know for myself personally, my parents looked at success as getting an education and doing the step by step kind of process of. I mean, obviously, first of all, graduating high school that that was a that was a strong measure of success that you could just get through it, and then going from high school into college and then and it wasn't so much just going to college my parents especially my dad really wanted me to to pick a trade or pick pick something specific that i could you know that i could go to college for and get a job afterwards but i think a lot of people will define success as well just doing these things so just going to college is A form of success, even though you might not end up in the career that you you know went to school for. But I know that these things will influence us and how we view success. So for me, I I look at success as something that I mean I don't I don't want to put down success. I think having goals that you want to achieve to make your life more uh, enjoyable and to make yourself feel like you accomplished something are admirable.
0: Well, let me just throw out a definition here. Uh John oh. Wooden defines success as peace of mind, which is a direct direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing that you made the effort to do your best or become the best that you're capable of becoming. I'll just read that again. Success is peace of mind in which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing that you made the effort to do your best to become the best that you're capable of becoming. So it's knowing that you put in the effort, which is going to be the result of your of your work, basically.
1: I, I think at at a root level, I think that's a great definition of
0: success. I
1: think we do have to address the issue of all the other factors that weigh on how we view success. And it, it really kind of possibly could come down to the just you know a a psychological aspect of of success and so yeah that definition at at the root is good because i think everybody when they when they would follow something like that they would feel like they've been a success in in that specific thing that they were going after but the external factors that that weigh on them could actually make them feel like a failure even though by that definition they were a success and so that that's where it gets kind of tricky i think
0: yeah because i think what he's saying is you're right success is uh, this type of attitude uh, basically um but also in there he's mentioning that it requires effort there's something you have to do to achieve the success and that's why i like uh talking about goals i think setting goals are important and you know, how do we go about obtaining our goals and where we want to end up? I think that's something that we could transition talking to talking If How do we achieve success? So something that I've heard before, and I don't know if you've heard this also quoted, and, um, and I'm not going to apologize for quoting other people because there's a lot of pithy, tweetable quotes that we get to find. And sometimes we come up with them on our own, and that's great. And other times we don't. And this is an unknown, and if you guys find out who this is, we can always do a corrections section. But it's a quote that I've heard several times, and it goes like this: Directions, not intentions, determine your destination. So when you're thinking through success, and you think about how you're going to achieve what you want to as success, we all have these intentions. I think we have good intentions mm-hmm. in a sense, yeah, trying to get things accomplished. I have a good intention of paying off my loan and couple years. But I was able, through my taxes uh, that I just got paid, yay taxes, done with taxes season this, this year, I actually realized how much I still have left on my student loan. And it was a lot, well, not a lot more, but it was a little bit more than I expected. And I realized if I want to meet that goal um, and be successful in paying off the rest of my student loan, I can't just have the intention of doing it. I need to really have the direction and put in the put in the work that's required. Um, And that's where I'm going to ultimately get to my destination. I had to just be able to set that path up. And, you know, driving is obviously a great example. And if, as someone who's terrible with directions, I can have the intention of going somewhere. And I I honestly remember this, and this is a really funny story. Um, I was driving to my grandparents' house. They live in Southern California, about six hours away from my parents. And I was visiting them for the summer and uh my dad told me the directions he printed it up this is before smartphones kids <laughs> i mean before i had a smartphone at least and so i had the directions printed up and i had a regular phone and i was driving down the five um, just following the signs next thing you know i had to pull over because i i felt like i was lost my intention was to get to my grandparents house but i wasn't necessarily following the directions i ended up uh being lost in Anaheim which is right near Disneyland which is a great place to get lost by the way mm-hmm. um <laughs> but we can have those intentions of getting somewhere mm-hmm. um but if we don't have the direction and we're not going the right direction we're not going to reach our destination
1: yeah well that reminds me of the the saying that everybody probably knows about intentions which is the road to hell is paved with good intentions ah yes whether you believe in hell or not The idea of going somewhere that's destructive, or going, or you know, being led somewhere that is is not good for you, and then associating it with having like your intentions are the the things that are lining the way, they're paving the way to destruction in a sense. So intentions are good, but I like like that quote where you said uh what did you, you said direction not intention determine your destination yeah yeah so that whoever said that if anybody knows it's good but to to expand on it a little bit you can have the best of intentions for for anything but if you don't set a direction to achieve like to to uh expand those in- intentions or to to turn those intentions into reality then they you're not going to go anywhere and you you can have, like we said, you can have the best intentions of becoming successful to, you know, you have the intention of getting off your mom's couch and getting a job because you know that your parents are tired of you living at home or, you know, you have, you haven't, you have the intention of getting a new job because you do want to make more money or you just aren't happy with where you're at, but you don't want to do anything about it. It's so never applied or anything else. Those intentions are good. Like you want to start with intentions, but you need to turn the intentions into action items and into directions and, and really uh, into goals. You know, something a lot of management classes and, and books that people write on management, business management, entrepreneurialship—you uh, know the the definition of success from that level. They, you know, they'll when, on the business aspect of it, they'll they'll talk about how you need to have goals, you need to have uh, smart goals. Uh, you want, you need to define success and you need to define what you're going to do to get there, because you can't just say, "Well, I want to be a YouTube star or a popular podcast." recorder but then you never actually record any episodes or you don't take the time to like put some content together you know you're not going to get anywhere
0: right and goals uh i think are the way to make sure you're on the right path and that you're continuing to move forward to reach the destination that you have decided for yourself based on what you see success as and we live in a generation where i know a lot of my friends who are my age who are living at home with their parents and you mentioned living at home and To some extent, if you are just being lazy and sitting on your mom's couch or playing video games in your basement, that's not a bash towards video (laughs) games, love them. Or basements. Or basements. Basements are great. Love them. Uh, But if you're living at home and you're not contributing, if you don't have a plan to ultimately get out of that situation, um, then I think that is a problem. You can have the best of intentions like Nick was talking about. By the way, I'm Nolan if I didn't introduce myself early in this podcast. And I'm Nick. (laughs) But if you're not creating a path to get out of that situation and ultimately get where you want, move into a different apartment. I mean, I have two examples of that. I have a friend who's living at their parents' house and they're working towards buying a house. And so they're saving money through rent by living at their parents' house, but they've been actively seeking out and looking for houses in the area that they can ultimately buy and move out. And I think that's just an excellent thing because not only do they have this intention, but they're going out and doing something about it. And then I have another friend And I won't mention their name because I love them dearly, but they've been living in their parents' house for a while and they don't have a job. And, of course, they know what they want to do after college and waiting for the pieces of the puzzle to kind of fall into place. Um, But I think it's important to make sure you're contributing and that you're not just being a burden on your parents and you're having that goal ultimately going going the next step and moving forward. Not being stagnant as a sticky, gross flea pond fleas go to ponds or is that gnats, or is that uh skeeters you, you stagnant water stagnant waters yeah I, but the image that came to my mind <laughs> so. well it kind
1: of makes me wonder where did this change like where did we lose our motivation uh like where along the last uh, i don't know 100 years 50 years 20 years did this like this mentality or this mindset change where this generation we see so many examples of people even people who have those intentions of buying a house in the future or saving their money to pay off their student loans and those are all good and they're and they're working towards those goals but they're living at home and so that that's not that's something that was unheard of even 20 years ago Right. I mean in our parents' generation that was really that was a like a stigma that that was a bad thing for society when you had somebody that was still living at home past the age of you know eighteen or or whatever early on you you had this society that they went out and they got a job when they were you know fifteen sixteen. They saved up to get a car, they saved up to go to college, they saved up to move out, and, you know, they rented for a while. They met somebody and got married, and then they saved up to buy a house. And so, not necessarily saying, I'm not necessarily saying that those are all the American dream, you know, but some, some people might have seen those kind of steps as, you know, a path towards this uh, you know American dream of a uh, you know ha- home ownership with a white picket fence and in two and a half kids and beautiful family
0: two and three thirds kids is what I want
1: two and three and one sixteenth kids <laughs> but I uh, I do want to just go back to kind of the the historical perspective of this real quick and just for all of us who for for, for all of us who have grandparents or even parents who you know are, are they don't even have to be relatively old or older uh, we we can talk to our parents about their childhood about their you know a young adult's adolescent uh, experiences and they would be probably worlds apart from what the world is like now and it just kind of like we were talking about in the beginning about the the impact that big societal changes have had on work ethic on what we view as success i know if you look back to world war one and world war two america was kind of in a in a heyday before world war one where there was a lot of technological advances you know we we were we were entering into the industrial age and then the world war hit and it changed everybody's perspectives but at that time, there was a lot of patriotism and a lot of people really wanted to, you know, fight for their country. And then if you looked at perspectives from other countries that were, you know, our allies in the war, they were living different lifestyles as well and definitions of success. England, for example, and England has a monarchy with the king and queen. So obviously completely different than, you know, democracy in America, but they they had a Uh, social status or social class system where they had royalty that would you know be affluent, and then they would have the workers who, not you know, I don't want to call them peasants, but they they had these different social structures. They had different levels of society where you know being a servant was uh was admirable. It was something that. The lower class, the working class, strived to be. They wanted to be a servant, or a butler, or a maid, or a cook in in a rich person's house. But then after the war, you know, came and and this is you know World War One, and then obviously World War Two changed things even more dramatically. They they just kind of stripped everything away from that lifestyle, and so the definition of success changed for the world and you know people were given kind of this level playing field where after the war everybody was the same everybody fought together next to each other everybody banded together and so they wanted to be successful in defeating the enemy of the wars but then when they came back home they they didn't have their their life they a lot of families lost a lot of things because they couldn't hold on to the old ways War changes things. It changed our society. It changed our world for World War One and World War Two. And there were a lot less, the, the lines were more blurred when it came to who could achieve success, uh, quote unquote success with, you know, having a nice house or having a car even, you know, back then. And then from there, we just kind of had a different mindset, especially in America, after World War II, everybody came back, and we had this a lot of prosperity and a lot of people, a lot of a lot of um, opportunities for you know home ownership and getting a good job and you know really being able to have that kind of life that I guess America was really founded on just this kind of freedom, democracy, uh, opportunities, and that that's really what our grandparents and great grandparents grew up knowing and then our parents did you know they they fed off of that yeah they benefited they they benefited benefited for sure um and a lot of these people you know i i don't want to like speak uh generally i don't want to generalize but i would say a lot of people didn't have college educations you know so that that wasn't necessarily a goal but they could still achieve this level of success uh, because of the opportunities that were present. And then as time went by, you know, structures changed in our government, our society that brought about like these different kind of, I wouldn't say barriers, but they, they created different levels of what you needed to do to get to that success level. It's almost like the people that were already successful, and, I, and you know conspiracy alert, yeah. but you know, it's almost like they they set up these systems so it was actually more difficult to become successful, and it, it kind of brought it back to you know we we took away the level playing field, and yeah, I, I think now, as we are you know we're talking about this generation. We, we have issues with success because I mean we, don't, we won't go into all the, the little nuances of, you know, what makes somebody
0: successful or,
1: or what makes the opportunity successful. But I, I think, yeah, that's, that's just worth considering.
0: Yeah, it's definitely important to look back on our history and to where our grandparents were at and our, our parents and the different mindsets that people have coming into these things. And, yeah, the American dream that you talked about and the opportunities that were there. Uh, And I think definitely checking it where we are now, you can see we're we're a byproduct of the culture that we're living in and the opportunities that we have or don't have. The fact that, you know, you can look at this, the housing markets are are pretty high as compared to where they were based on income and and those kind of things. And there's different challenges that come with our generation. So not trying to make excuses for for anything. And definitely, uh, I think the one thing that, that I want to focus on and what we kind of alluded to is just... We've been talking about success and defining success for yourself and uh, we basically discussed some goals that you can have and how how do you set goals that you can attain, I think, is important to discuss now as we get into this because when you're looking at where you want to be ultimately, it, we talked about intentions and it's important to have those intentions to get you started to try to have that, that passion and fire of, hey, I want to do this and, I mean you can remember building things when when you were a kid, you know, having that goal of getting that thing completed whether it's with Legos or Kepler blocks or building train sets or, or whatever it was. Uh there's this idea that you want to get this thing completed and, and see what it does and and have that thing that you want to obtain. And so when you think about goals, the this well, I didn't come up with this we should look at the history of who came up with this, since you're the history buff here. But smart goals, do you know who came up with smart goals? Actually, I do. <laughs> so
1: this idea of smart, we'll talk about it uh, in more detail. But just to start off, I wanted to just explain uh, briefly what it is. So it's an acronym, and it stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. And what it is, it's it's kind of a criteria or a guide of objectives to, to it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an idea of how to structure your goal setting. So the first use uh, on record of this idea of SMART was in 1981 by George T. Doran, and it was featured in an issue of Management Review, and he was the author of it. It says that the principal advantage of smart objectives is that they are easier to understand and to know when they have been done. Smart criteria are commonly associated with Peter Drucker's management by objectives concept, which we won't go into. But if you want to look that up, just uh, you know, look up smart criteria. And we're going to go into kind of what we view that
0: that concept as. Yeah, these are outcome-based goals that you're setting up. You're making something specific um, and measurable, obviously, something you want to obtain, and it's in a timely fashion. So one of the ways I like organizing SMART goals, and you've probably heard of this, is called a backwards calendar, or some people call it a reverse calendar. And I remember doing this for the first time uh, my senior year of college when it came to writing a 26-page essay and they basically said, this is gonna be a long process. You only have about three months to get this done. So why don't you make a backwards calendar of where it needs to end up for the final product and go back to where you need to start doing the rough draft to where you're starting to do the outline to then where you need to start doing the research, the reading and all that. So when you finally get back to where you are now, you can look at this timeline that you've created and say, okay, this is how I'm gonna definitely be able to measure this. It's going to be timely it's definitely relevant because i need to turn this in on time it's very specific because these are the the things i need to do on these specific days to get this done and it's definitely obtainable now and i got that 26 page paper done and i didn't have to sweat about it or pull an all-nighter the night before because i don't even know if that's possible and if you're out there and if you're one of those people who waits till the last minute to do things That is going to cause, I think, a lot more chaos in your life Mm -hmm. when you're trying to obtain other goals that are more ambitious than just writing a paper, whether you're trying to buy a new car or financing for a house. Um, These things take some planning and some goal setting, and they're things that you can achieve and you can be successful at if you take the proper steps. To outline it out and that's not to say there's not challenges that you're going to face i mean that's the whole idea of setting goals you're going to have to overcome some tough challenges so if you fail through this process that's not always a bad thing either because you've learned hopefully from your mistakes and you're able to go back and reorient yourself and say okay mm-hmm. i need to reevaluate what went wrong and how to ultimately get better at that that's my uh my two cents on smart goals
1: well, so actually, let's. I, I kind of, I really like this concept of smart goals, and I think it's applicable to a lot of areas in our lives that we want to just not necessarily uh, achieve success out of. Because I think we've used the word success a lot in this uh, in this episode. And fun fact, this title is not going to have that word in it. <laughs> it's not. You're not even going to know that's what we're talking about. But, but so. I you know we we've, we've thrown around the word success a lot, but in reality, uh, if you just look at success as you you have aspirations that you want to achieve, you know you have right. goals that can be modest, they can be humble, they can be grandiose, and you you it doesn't matter what they are, you have to you have to follow a specific mindset in order to accomplish things. And as, as we, you know, we've talked about, and as we're probably all aware, uh, like Nolan mentioned, uh, having a sense of accomplishment is something that we all strive for. And he mentioned, uh, whether it be building a little Lego set or something, even when we were kids, we had this desire to finish it. And maybe not all of us did, but I think a lot of us, whether we follow the directions or not, we would get a Lego kit. And we felt accomplished after we finished it, and whatever the process was we took back then, just the end result of finding joy in a- accomplishing that task was was something that was really rewarding for us, you know whether it it was even could it could have even been doing chores around the house finishing those was a measure of success, and that was that was something that you were trying to do to impress your parents right. or uh, doing a puzzle and that was kind of like a mental success because you felt accomplished that you put, you know, you, you figured out this, you know, this, uh, uh, uh this, this challenging task of putting together a puzzle and which a lot of people have uh, a hard time doing, but it, you know, that was something that was rewarding for me, for example, when I was a kid. And so I think I'd like to go into this idea of smart because, While it is a management concept in, in a sense, you know, it came out for people in the management industry, for people who were just trying to explain to others how to be smart about their goals and when it relates to business. But it also relates, and if we break it down by you know the mnemonic or acronym that it is, we we can start with S, which is
0: specific.
1: And so uh, let's just uh, focus on you know not not success as a whole, but goals.
0: Meditate on the S specific.
1: Meditate on the S. Tweet that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so yeah, let's so let's just uh, yeah not not to digress too much, but so to focus on the S and, and as it pertains to goals, you want them to be specific because if you if you don't have specific goals and they you know a lot of a lot of experts will say you want small goals to start off with and you want a, a obtainable goals you don't want to set lofty goals because then you won't set yourself up for success but if you set uh small smart goals in the beginning you're going to uh, have a higher likelihood of achieving those so be specific with your goals and know exactly what you're going for Like, don't say, well, I want to pay off my student loans. Say, well, I want to pay off my student loans in 10 years, or I want to pay off $1,000 in the next six months of my student loans or whatever. So be specific. That's that's the first um, letter. So M stands for measurable. You have to make your goals measurable so you can see the success as you progress through it. So you can measure your success step by step it it's motivational in a sense so you you set these goals that are measurable so you know when you're achieving them and you know when you're succeeding and then we'll go a which is attainable like I already mentioned that briefly I you know you want the goal to be attainable you don't want to set lofty goals that you're not going to be able to achieve you're not going to be like yeah i um i'm 52 and i have two left feet but i'm going to be In the NBA, you you want to set goals that are going to be attainable. Yeah, and then just to finish off, you know, real quick, so the R is relevant. Don't set goals that aren't relevant to yourself or to your skill sets. So don't say, "Well, I'm going to be a Bollywood star," but I don't speak, you know, any kind of Indian or Punjabi or any, you know, I don't know anything about the culture. But yeah, I really want to be a sailor, but I can't swim. You know, that would or, be unfortunate <laughs> or yeah, in a million examples, it has to be relevant to you. And then lastly, the T, which is timely. Now that kind of goes to setting small goals. You want You want to do them in a timely fashion so you don't exhaust yourself. And if you just take that acronym of SMART and you apply it every time to your goals, you know, write it down, try and think about it, even in I mean, we, we accomplish goals every day, whether it's driving to work or getting up, getting out of bed. I mean, those all those things, you know, realistically, you could use all that. You could
0: use SMART for
1: all that. And well, yeah, you
0: have, I mean, I have a lot of friends who have physical fitness goals. You know, how do you want to obtain, you know, the proper workout? You have your career goals of setting. Where do I want to end up? Where do I see myself in the next five years? A lot of people ask you that question. You have social goals uh, with community, you know, what kind of friends do I want to have and where do I want to grow, where do I want to plant myself in a sense. There's all these different facets of life that this is definitely going to be helpful and important in applying it to, to Mm -hmm. make sure you're making smart decisions by using smart goals. Yeah, you got to be smart. Yeah, we want you to be smart. That's why I want you to listen to this podcast. Um, And I mean, just to recap, when you're finding your definition of success, I think it's super important um, wherever you're at in life, like, uh, like I was this past week, I took some time out of my day to sort of reorient myself and look at where am I going? Am I, ha- do I have a good direction, not just good intentions? Um, and it really helped me to not get st- discouraged, to recognize the goals that I had set for myself are obtainable and I am moving forward on the path that I want to be on. I'm not stagnant in this sticky, mucky, gross water. I don't know why I get a picture of that. Every time I talk about the word stagnant, I need to find a good synonym for that. We'll think of one later. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, But I think it's just important to reevaluate where you're at when you're trying to figure out and define success for yourself and say, okay, what do I need to do in my life? Or am I already in a good place? You might have listened to this whole podcast. You might think, I'm already in the best place possible. Mm -hmm. And if that's you, please invite me to your mansion.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And like just to reiterate the the way you define success isn't really important that's not where we're trying to drill in here like we we went over some of the things that kind of influence how we view success or some of the negatives about what it means to be successful you know as well as the positives but whether whether you see success as having a mansion or whether you see success as owning a homeless shelter if you're smart about your goals, if you're smart about achieving those goals, then you're going to find a lot of, um, you're going to find a lot of joy and Yeah, you'll value. have that,
0: you'll have that peace of mind. I think you'll definitely be happier. And I think one of the ways I find that I'm happier is when I'm not comparing myself to what we discussed at the beginning is these society, uh, this, this set I think expectation when we're looking at society and what the perfect path is for success so I think that's just really important Um.
1: (laughs) I do want to say that one of the things I've recognized in myself as an example just to leave you guys with is as we've been creating this podcast uh, Nolan and I have have tried to obviously fit it into our schedule you know because we both have busy schedules but we've also tried to be really intentional with creating an outline for what we want to talk about. And Nolan's really the master behind the topics and the outlines. And I'm more of the, I put it all together and get it out to your ears.
0: He's the editor. So in chief.
1: I've, I've learned about myself that having those outlines of what we're going to talk about in each episode helps me to be smart about how I'm going to approach the, the next episode. And it, it doesn't always, I mean, we're still learning. So it, it you know, it's something that is ever changing, but for myself, it, it's a, in order to rein myself in from rambling, like I'm doing now, having a outline of what we're going to talk about is really helpful. And that kind of goes back to the, you know, the idea of setting those goals and being smart about them and really being just intentional with I mean, I guess being intentional with achieving those goals and recognizing what you need, but also with, you know, humility and knowing that, hey, I'm not doing things right sometimes. So I need to focus on what are we going to talk about? And it's it's all good when it comes to this, because I can go back and edit a lot of this out. <laughs>
0: And I'm, I'm really glad that we're able to do this podcast. And obviously, we're both growing from it and getting better as time goes on. And the five listeners we have now, and thank yes. you for listening, and the yeah. one turtle. Um, we appreciate. encourage,
1: we want to encourage you that whether, whatever you're going after, whether it be creating your own podcast, it's not just going to happen overnight, and there's going to be a lot of things you need to learn. And so
0: allow yourself to fail, but don't allow that failure to go to your heart. Right. We'll add that old Chinese proverb in the show notes. And I would just finally say from Chick-fil-A all the way to completing this podcast and having a great evening, I'd say I would categorize this as a success, Nick. So thanks for being here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's it for this episode. I am Nick.
0: And I'm Nolan. And thanks for tuning in. All right. Until next time.